Do you love it? Do you love your job? absolutely love being a police officer it's something i wanted to do when i was a little kid and i'm one of the few people that can say i got to live out my dream on this episode of jen and friends a talk with the goodyear police department's sergeant tyler we do a lockdown drill or even when we're just walking the campus that the younger students have with officer king they could be on lunch and they'll spot them across the campus officer king officer king we tackled two big issues as a parent myself of teens, I don't exactly know how to approach those tough conversations, but I don't hide it from them. Children's mental health and the parents' control of care. Parents feel that they're losing control over what's happening to their children. And children's safety in West Valley schools. There's nothing worse than kissing your kid goodbye in the morning and just hope that they make it home. So I guess we'll just jump right into it. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. How long have you uh, been in law enforcement and uh, how long have you been with Goodyear? So I've been in law enforcement for going on, I just hit 11 years um, Sunday. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. I've been with Goodyear eight of those 11 years. Uh, I've done mainly patrol during my time. Uh, I spent two years as the school resource sergeant. I was an FTO where I trained our new officers. Now I've moved into our community services role where I oversee our homeless outreach team, community events, as well as our PIO, I'm a, um, one of our public information officers. Do you love it? Do you love your job? I absolutely love being a police officer. It's something I wanted to do when I was a little kid and I'm one of the few people that can say I got to live out my dream. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for your service. Thank it's you. Greatly appreciated, especially here in Goodyear. <laughs> so let's talk about teens and mental health and law enforcement. Can you talk a little bit about, have you seen the effects of the pandemic on today's kids? I did. So I came in to my role in 2022, just when they came back to school that first year. And uh, kids were definitely having a, a hard time adjusting being at school, the structure and all the rules that came along with it, along with having to interact with uh, those they might not get along with very well. Back in June, Sergeant Tyler was part of a panel discussion hosted by the Arizona Center for Civic Leadership. The topic, facing the realities of teen mental health. He also served on an ad hoc committee to research and review how substance abuse, depression, and mental illness may contribute to teen suicide. What are your thoughts on the suicide rate? So the the information that we we were given from the state was based on the 2020 study results. And it did show a correlation of, uh, I guess, a spike in um suicide related deaths within teens and one of the things we had talked about or when we started looking at this was uh, the it was asked that we looked into the suicide rate and we started talking well suicide is the end goal so we really need to look at what we're doing before the mental health portion so we can try to improve or try to eliminate the the end result of suicide i think it was um five percent of total deaths were result of suicide 
but that was all children age zero to 17. When you look at the 15 to 17, it's a, I think it was number two um, related cause of death, and it's completely preventable cause of death that we could do more to, to help our teens. I know that lately there's been a lot of talk about having more counselors and resources in the high schools specifically. And there's a difference between a licensed counselor and a certified counselor. What are the struggles as far as getting enough people trained and on board to be licensed to get them into our schools? From my understanding, the projected need was expected to outgrow four and a half times what we're able to get get, get people in to school, get them trained and all of those, the background um, education needed for it. And I don't know if that's because we're making a change, a change in society where we're going more from, hey, mental health is very important and it is okay to go out and seek help when for many years it, there was all that stigma attached to it. Maybe that's the, the problem with us getting those counselors in. Do you feel kids and families are more willing to talk about mental health now? Do you feel that there's enough education out there that people are not so afraid to have that label on them? I think definitely it's, uh, I mean, I'm only 35 years old and I think from when I was a teen growing up to now, I think it's definitely made a big change. we, as a parent myself of teens, I don't exactly know how to approach those tough conversations, but I don't hide it from them. Um, I let my son know it's okay to cry. We're human, we have emotions and that's okay. Um, if you guys feel down, if you need to talk to anybody, come talk to me or your mom. If you're not comfortable doing that, talk to each other. I would really push our kids, hey, have these tough conversations with each other because you are close in age, you are close family, and it's okay to to talk about your feelings. Within the final recommendations, the Teen Mental Health Ad Hoc Committee proposed an app. Now, this app would allow students to report safety issues and gain clinical support around the clock, and it'd be anonymous. The final recommendation calls for 16-year-olds who lack parents or legal guardians to consent for mental health treatment for a max of four months. The idea isn't to exclude parents, but we unfortunately we have a lot of children who are in the state's care or have no parents around at all and living on the street and homeless. If they want to go out and get help, there's no way for them to get that help without a parent. And even if they do have a parent that's in the home, can't say that all of them are trying to do what's in the best interest of their child. That's where um, the state traditionally gets involved, or if it's unfortunately too late for the state to get involved, the suicide could be happening because the parent wouldn't get the child the help they were asking for. I guess just playing devil's advocate, and I, I feel like since this pandemic, there's been so much change so quickly. I mean, I don't even recognize this world that we live in anymore, even from just three, four years ago. Playing devil's advocate, can you see how parents could be concerned about schools coming in, um, an app like this, um, where parents feel that they're losing control 
over what's happening to their children. I, absolutely, I can understand that as a parent myself. I'd like to be involved and like to uh, know what's going on. And that's why this is just a suggestion that we had made because we didn't work out all the finer details, but we knew, hey, there's situations where these kids can't get help because there's no parent in their life. There's no way for them to get around it. So we wanted to make sure that this was brought to the attention of those who would be making the decisions. And in no way, shape or form are all of our suggestions perfect or fully thought through, but we wanted to make sure we had a, we identified this here. This is a, a route, there's some, at least something that needs to be looked into. And um, let's switch gears a little bit. <laughs> One of my favorite things about being a parent in Goodyear are the school resource officers and everything that you all have done for the kids and trying to keep the kids safe in school. There's nothing worse than kissing your kid goodbye in the morning and just hope that they make it home. Can you tell me a little bit about your role and what you enjoyed uh, when you were in charge of the SROs in Goodyear and what are your hopes for maybe even would this ever expand in Goodyear in the future? So yeah, absolutely. I would love, uh, when I was in the unit, my ideal um, staffing would be I'd have one officer full-time in each high school and that's all they had to figure out. And just um, splitting the city into thirds would have been huge for us. Um, we approach our school resource officer model different than a lot of cities. Um, they strate strategically put them into each school where that's all they do. Since we don't have that ability staffing wise, they are assigned each high school, but they also have relationships built with their feeder schools. So all the elementary students, uh, they develop relationships with the administration there, the students that are gonna be coming into their high school. So they already know some of the students who are causing issues, um, and try to steer them down the right path before they get into high school, where there's a lot more students, um, a lot more personality and um, hormones going on that boys tend to test each other just as much as girls do, and there's more fights. So they're able to build those relationships when the children are still young and keep those going when they get into high school. I think that we have a very strong and successful program, or at least a model that we've built here in Goodyear. Like I said, they have relationships with everybody at their feeder schools. I worked with everybody at their district offices, their district offices, new RSROs, just because we fostered that professional working relationship throughout the city. Uh, so many, many years ago in two, well, 2008, I had a nonprofit organization called Goodyear in Action. And uh, Chief Rodriguez at the time, uh, he was fantastic. We started the Lids on Kids program together. And one of the big components of that program is just for kids to get to know officers and kids to get to know the firefighters so that it's not so scary. And, and the kids feel like that they're more able to come up and talk to you do you feel that when the kids get to high school, I know there are some kids who probably have a great relationship with the officers. Is that something that you still try to work on and build those relationships? Yes, absolutely. I always um, use Officer King as our prime example. 
Um, and it's not to take away from any of our SROs. They all have those same relationships. But the excitement of like we do a lockdown drill or even when we're just walking the campus that the younger students have with Officer King, they can be on lunch and they'll spot them across the campus. Officer King, Officer King. And he'll walk over there, say hi to them. And it continues all the way into high school where they're changing between classes and they'll stop and seek out interactions with him. And uh, one of the things that I thought was amazing when I first came into the unit that he does is he finds the kids who don't want to have interactions from him. So he goes and starts talking with them to build that relationship and break down their walls. And every student in that school knows who he is. They all have a great relationship with them. And even in uh, when they make bad decisions, they're very open. Hey, I messed up, Officer King. Yes, I had a vape in my backpack or whatever it is. And they're, they don't cause him any issues because he's done all that time uh, building relationships with them. That's so important. That's Absolutely, important. yes. Do you keep that in the back of your mind when you do your work that, hey, no matter what happens today, you never know how you could touch someone and, and save a life. Absolutely. We we prepare for the worst and try to live that it's positive. Nothing's going to happen here. But um, a good year does a very good job of preparing for those situations. We have a good relationship with the schools where they allow us to come in and we'll train the entire department and their layouts and clearing uh, buildings and things like that. So we we take it very seriously. Um, a lot of agencies after Uvalde started saying, oh, we need to change things, but come to find out Goodyear, Avondale, Buckeye were leaps and bounds ahead of them already implementing things that a lot of agencies decided, well, we need to change this and do this now. Right. Yeah. So one, one more question for you. Um, for parents who are concerned about their children and, and suicide and mental health and all that, can they reach out to the department? Where would you recommend that they reach out? And you may not be the first one you say contact us, but are you willing to talk to parents who may have those concerns? Absolutely. All, I can't say all, but majority of our officers are um, crisis intervention trained. So they've gone through the, the 40 hour course, they've learned about mental health, they've learned how to address those issues when people are in crisis, how do we talk to them? Um, how do we, okay, this isn't working, that's a trigger word, let me redirect myself, because we've taken a stance of uh, the only thing in those situations that we can control is our actions. We can't control what they're thinking or what they want to do, but we can recognize how they're reacting to what we're saying, and we can try to change our words and what we're wanting to do. As long as everybody in those situations are safe, we have time. Um, if parents help we can help guide them um, unfortunately under Arizona state law we have no authority to help children get any sort of mental health help what's different for an adult if we can articulate that they're a danger to themselves or danger to others we can petition them to the court where the court will say yes they need to go see a doctor but a juvenile, we have no if ends. There's there's nothing that we can do. It has to be the parent that makes that decision, parent or guardian. So it's very important that we have those conversations and they feel that they can come to us for advice. So for any parents that are watching this, um, 
what advice do you have? What would you say to a parent who may be thinking, wow, gosh, maybe, maybe I should talk to my kid a little bit more. Maybe um, I know of another child, you know, my son's friend, whatever it might be. What would be your advice? What is something you would want them to know? Well, if they feel that it's one of their child's friends that are going on, ask your child because your child will know about things going on in another child's life long before any of us do. Um, anytime, for example, if there was a fight on campus, the kids knew it was going to happen. They knew where it was going to happen. And by the time we find anything out, it had already happened. But every kid in that campus knows. So they're, they're very close. They talk to each other. Uh, so if you think that there's something going on, reach out to your kid. Um, just, and have those tough conversations, you know, let them know that you're there for them because you love them. Um, just really trying to foster that environment of openness. Um, it's no a judgment free zone. We all have these, we all have feelings where we feel down, we feel sad. Um, and it's okay to feel these, but don't hold it in. That's so important. That's so important for parents too, right? And for the adults in the room. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just appreciate everything you do. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm hoping for a great school year for all the kids going back and maybe finding a little bit more normalcy in this in this new world, right? Yeah. Yeah, I really hope so. Yeah, with, with how much we're growing, there's gonna be a lot of new faces too. So true yeah. well thank you so much for your time you have a great day okay all right thank you we'll see you all right bye bye